Well, uh, happy Earth Day. Uh, it's April 22nd, 2021. Ranger fans, uh, we are still reeling from a loss. We lost 6-1 to the Islanders. It was probably the biggest game of the season. And uh, hey, we were in it for about 20 minutes. Uh, it seemed like <laughs> we were wired in, we were locked in, playoff style hockey. Tremendously exciting. I'll, I'll be the first to say that a couple Modelo Negras before the game had been pretty toasty before the game. So I, I was wired in watching this first period. And I, I just wasn't, I hadn't been screaming like that in a couple of years now. So it's actually, well, last year, last year we had some games that were huge and exciting, like Mika five goals. We, we were in this for about 20 minutes and it was still super fun. Like the, the final result, obviously not what we wanted. We got spanked in the third period. Everything fell apart. Hey, it was it was fun while it lasted. We got a little glimpse of the future, hopefully. Nonetheless, Connor McNeilis, he is here. I'm your host, Jake Albee. We're talking episode, what is it, five or six? Are we on six now? Or I think five? we're on six now. We're moving. Episode six, uh, Every Ranger Goal podcast. Coach Connor McNeilis, how are you doing, buddy? It's all right. I mean, uh, definitely a tough blow. Um, in, the, in the very minimal playoff chances they had, I think Money Puck had them going at uh, about 20, a little under 21% going into that game. And with the loss there and the Bruins win, they're now below 7%. So it's, uh, it's a big blow to that. But, uh, you know, look, it's, it's kind of what you expected. I mean, um, you know, Islanders kind of led the chances uh, in, the second, in the first period, excuse me, to some of their natural stature play page here with the expected goals and the Corsi. Uh, you know, Islanders expected goals, uh, they pretty much dominated in that department. Uh, you know, as typically what happens when a blowout happens in the third period, the, the, the leading team kind of sits back a little bit. So the Rangers had a bit of an edge in the third, but not a whole lot. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, like you said, it was, it was a fun game and, and, you know, look, the Islanders, uh, have had a lot of success this year. And, and I think a lot of credit goes to Barry Trotz and, you know, I think Paul Mary and Zajac are kind of fit in well there for that team. There was a good ads for them, especially with the loss of, of Anders Lee. Um, but you know, it was a tough one to, to kind of, you know, you were hoping for to, to, to keep it a little more competitive and it kind of just wheels fell off in the third period, but you know, it's, it's once again, it's, expectations it kind of just comes down to it once again when we talk about it i'll bring up this uh little stat i have um right here with you know we keep talking about rangers one goal game so this is a little stat just kind of add into that with artemi panarin rangers 19 10 and 6 with artemi panarin in the lineup they're four and seven without him in the lineup uh and then if you think about that the rangers are four eight and six and one goal games um so you know you think about that four and seven without panarin in the lineup uh, we keep talking what a difference two to three more wins would be. And now five points would put them still right in the mix of this. You know, two more wins and a shootout loss would put them right in the mix of this. They had us believing. It was right there. It was that game. They took that game. We, it, You know, it is what it is. But yeah, um, it's uh, it's frustrating. That, and, you know, in any other division, they'd, they'd be in that playoff spot right now. They're in the best division of hockey. I think you got to give them a lot of merit with that. But those one goal games, those little mistakes and and something that, you know, this team's just got to solidify. We talk about they need to solidify that third pair. Um, we'll try to transition to that with Jones, um, you know, making his debut tonight. You got to be excited about that. Obviously, Truba comes out of the lineup. Like, that was the turning point in the game on that Matt Martin hit on, on Truba. He comes out of the game, and it just looked like the only guy who knew how to respond uh, on defense is Brendan Smith, pretty much in Jacob Truba's spot. Um, he was playing everywhere, and he was all over the ice, so... Uh, a rough night for Boteto, but I, it just as a group, the Rangers, I, I guess, see Truba as uh, one of the leaders. So to see him go down, they just didn't know how to respond to that. And it was just yeah. over. 
It's a great point. You could their vulnerability, like their lack of depth on the blue line, got shown because then that third pair had, a, you know, Potato had to play more. Smith had an up and down night. That penalty was shit. He made a bad play at some point in the second. Uh, you know, that was he responds with the goal. He was kind of all over the place. You know, I can appreciate the effort. Potato is just not good. Uh, and then you know, I feel so bad because. I want to like Anthony Potato. I mean, all of us are. Uh, yeah, yeah, Anthony. I almost, I almost call him Nick every time. I don't know why. Um, no, but Tony B. Like he had that one goal, and we had the moment. Like if he, he almost yeah. escaped the year just without being exposed too much. He was, he was rough the other night, but um, ugh, that that was infuriating on that goal when you just kind of see him standing there. I'm sure he's gassed and tired, but you know this is the NHL, man. Like if it's just uh, he was standing up and not getting to the spot and I forget who scored. Was that Bailey? I don't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. There's too many goals. Couldn't keep track. <laughs> it's just a shame. And you kind of saw his face after he knew it. He knew, he knew that he was going to get lit up probably on the bench and on the internet. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it sucks. But anyway, back to Zach Jones. Yeah. I, I feel like I have no idea what to expect. You, you probably uh, have seen him play much more than I have. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, as more of just an NHL guy, um, we talked about it a little bit last week, but is he being set up to succeed by being paired with Libor Hayek tonight? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? If he gets shelled in his first game and people get on him, it's like, hey, you got to look who you're playing with. Uh, another guy, Libor Hayek, who's just like, yeah, well, we keep going on. The, the NHL experiment's over with him. Uh, uh, he's over, right? It seems like it's it, they're playing him, but how much more can you really... I, I, I guess Hayek, it's fine. On a team like this, in a year like this, you know, sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, the guys that you could be playing at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, you got, you know, Tarmo down in, in Hartford who had an assist today on another Morgan Barron goal who's doing well in Hartford. So this guy's kind of coming up. You know, you see a guy like Barron and, and Tarmo, you kind of would like to see them replace Howden and Hayek in this lineup. At least for, there's no reason to me not to give him a shot. Now, the maybe the only contingents there is Hartford's having a good year, probably going to make the playoffs. So that's exciting. Um, and you maybe you don't want to mess with that, you know. You you do want to reward them for you know being down there and, and all that. So there's a little bit there. You know, we talked about Jones a little bit last week. Uh, he's a good skater. He's a skill guy, offensive puck moving defenseman. Um, you know, defensively, I think he's grown a little bit. He still needs to probably put on weight at this level. You know, he's five ten, listed at one seventy two. You probably need to get you know ten pounds of muscle come the summer. But he's a young kid. Uh, you know, twenty years old, be twenty one come the fall. Uh, next season it'll be 21 uh, i'm excited to see him play i mean hopefully uh you know there's some talk of him getting some power play time uh, on that second unit uh taking Truba's spot in a lot for near in practice got some spots uh shots at that too i think that's where he's gonna thrive um you know i could i, I said it before i love keandre miller i don't really think he should be on the power play i'm not sure he necessarily has that like complete offensive upside now he gets away with so much because he's so big and his reach and skating is so good that like it helps him very underrated. I feel like, I mean, Fox gets all the love obviously because he does every single thing so well, but Keandre Miller for his size, I mean, it's no secret. I think uh, that his stick handling skills for a defenseman uh, are great. And he, he makes like some of these plays that are uh, almost on Fox's level a little, I mean, Fox, you know, does something unbelievable every single time, every single time he's on the, I know, I know Uh, he's, but he's great. Miller has been so impressive. He has. And I, I just, I just think there's, there's just, you know, I just don't think he needs to be on the second power play unit right now. I'd rather get Heedle or Loff or like some of these younger guys. Like I think you can do the four forwards and one D with Truba. Um, you know, now that there's, you know, Truba's probably going to be out 
a couple games here. Uh, you know, so we, we thought it looks like they set up her body. It was like concussion. Um, you know, that, that's where I'd assume. You know, I thought it was a clean hit, by the way, just going into that too. Finish that. I think he hit his head on the boards, which kind of just caught him off guard. I thought it might've been his feet too. Brandon Cohen pointed that out. Uh, like he might've hit his knees, but I think it was his, his head probably. So we don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, I know he's a big component on this team, uh, you know, and from a leadership standpoint, like, and I think the organization sees him that way. Uh, and he's been very good of late. Like he didn't have the best start to the season. I know we've talked about his contract before, uh, but he's been very, he's been good. He's been very, very steady for this team. Uh, I think just like a, a quiet, quiet leader uh, for them. So they'll miss him. But yeah, I, I think with, you know, get back to the original point with Zach Jones, you know, I'm excited to see him play. Uh, this is going to be uh, since the start of the 2017 season, hockey stat minor shout out, Mika. Um, he said that this is the 20th Ranger to make their debut 17, 18 season. And if you want to talk about the, the letter since February 18th, um, you know, 18 guys. So another guy that can make his debut as a Ranger, um, that's how you build. That's how you build. That's how you build. Let's see what we got for the final 10 games. It's experiment. Uh, talk about experimenting. It looks like the lines are going to be shaken up a little bit too. It looks like Lafreniere is going to get a shot with, uh, with Booch and Mika. Um, he flipped him with Kreider and yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying Kreider should be on the fourth line right now. <laughs> he hasn't been great. I think he's fine on that third line. I think like a little stability with like, you know, Heedle, Kako, and and Kreider, like a little bit more of a veteran, like in that mix. Um, I actually think that could work. Like I think that could be a really good line going forward. Uh, we'll see if they all pay off together. You know, you want to get Vitelli some more uh, some more ice time, but um, look, I, look, look. I'm just gonna call it this. It, it, it's probably over. They're not making the playoffs, so let's uh, let's have fun with it. Experiment. I want to see different line combinations. Let's call up some guys. Like, there's no reason to to force anything here. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully management and Quinn are on the same page with that. What I don't understand is even if in a playoff race, right? Like, like this organization seemed to feel like they were. And and yeah. But um, I you know, if we, we wouldn't be surprised where we are now. But even if you're in a playoff race, why is Batetto playing? I mean, yeah, that's no excuse. No excuse. Yeah, even if you're you're you think that's your best option, it's the it's the same with the Blackwell argument. Blackwell on the power play, yeah, he keeps scoring goals, and 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 that's the bottom line. Um, but at this point, we don't need to see Blackwell on the power play for no. a playoff race. Um, play the kids shouldn't there. be there, and we want to see the kids. So it, it's just weird. I wonder what they're evaluating. I, we'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Like you, you wonder what goes to their heads, and obviously we don't know. We can only you know be skeptical. It's what we do. But I'm with you. No excuse for Batetto to even touch the ice in the rest of the season. Get Blackwell off the power play. He's been good. He's been a good find. His analytics have been good. He's a good player. I hope they keep him. I think he would be a perfect. We keep you know our comparisons are, are what we know, right? We think about that run from 11, 12 to about, you know, the 14, 50, like that run specifically, like, you know, fourth line, we talk about 13, 14, like that, you know, Brian Boyle, Dominic Moore, like those guys had 20, 25 points that year. Like if you could have a fourth line guy who could do that, maybe slot up a little bit, uh, you know, a, a, a top nine role. That's great. But that's what black oil is um, good. I'm happy for the guy. I hope he's on the team for another, you know, few years here. And I think he's a good depth scorer, which is what you need. But realistically, if you're going to be successful going forward, you need the top guys to be your best players. He's not a top guy. And and you need Lafreniere and Heedle and Kratsev and Kaka. I mean, the list goes on and on. We got more guys, maybe Morgan Barron down the line. Like you want to get these young kids with the high upside. You know what Colin Blackwell is. That's the thing, right? He's 27. Okay, he's going to, you know, maybe in a good year score 25 points, uh, 30 points. That's great for depth. 
But, you know, when Kako could potentially be a 70-point scorer, Lop could be an 80, you know, you want to see those guys in those positions to succeed and build their confidence up. So I, that's really all I'm asking for for the rest of the season. That's all I'm looking for. Um, and if that's, you know, if that's what's done, I don't care. They could lose all 10 games if that's what's done at this point. Uh, let's just, you know, part of the process. And those who keep saying this offseason, next year is the year where they take the jump. And I think both of us would agree that when this team is ready to essentially be good, uh, I think Rooney and Blackwell on the fourth line, that's money, man. I, I could see that. I can Hell yeah, that's fine. That's off- good. It seems like in the offseason, they're going to move on, hopefully, from Howden, unless they still love him. Um, but I can see them also getting a little more grit just for the, the old-time hockey's sake. They, they're probably going to get somebody who, who throws down just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Rooney's good. Like I said, those are good, like, 11, 12, 13 forwards. And that's fine. Like you need that depth. And like, you know, we even talked about, you know, 13, 14 again, like, you know, Carcillo would turn into a great pickup that year. He was a good player on the fourth line. And, and so like that, like, and he was rotating in and out of the lineup. So like, that's what it comes down to. You, you, ideally you have a young guy on that line and you have those two guys. And then they said, maybe as a 13 forward, you could sign a guy with a little bit more quote unquote piss and vinegar. I'm not sure who that is. Um, but you know, uh, kind of solidify, just add to that a little bit. Uh, we'll go from there. I'm not going to throw any names right now. I have to do the research, but you know, that's where it comes down to. So I think we're on the same page. I think most of Rangers fans are on the same page too. That's all we want going into the final 10 games here is just, let's see the kid play. Um, and, and that's really our, our biggest expectations kind of going forward. I, I don't have any problem with that as long as that's the message. Um, and just, you know, experiments, experiment, experiment, experiment. That is the word of the week for me here, Jake. Yeah, speaking of, you know, we talk about what expectations are. Uh, Rangers Twitter, always a fun time. Uh, you never really know what you're going to get uh, on Rangers Twitter. Um, we've kind of done this a few times now. What is uh, what is Rangers Twitter freaking out, talking about, uh, kind of doing everything in between uh, this week, Jake? I know you, you have a few tweets we're going to pull up here. The hot takes. Yeah, hot I takes. asked Twitter a couple couple weeks ago if you have any uh, Rangers hot takes. It's always uh, entertaining to see what you folks will say. Uh, we're trying to keep this show interactive and and fun because uh, that's what the fandom is supposed to be, right? So exactly, open open ask. And also, if you have any hot takes of your own, please leave them in the comments and share it. You know, it might be in a future episode. Who knows? We're gonna have uh, lots of fun stuff at the end of the season. Probably, uh, we'll probably have some best of. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Uh, Rangers hot takes. Here we are. Asked it to Twitter. So, Coringus McBasketball. uh, (laughs) So, two impractical jokers references here. Brendan Smith isn't our worst defenseman. Uh, I believe the next one's similar. Yeah. So, at Lindgren's face, Brendan Smith is actually pretty good. Hey, we've talked about this a couple times. Brendan Smith, uh, if he's the best player on your team, on a good team, you'll take it. The question is, is what are the Rangers going to do with him? Uh, I think he's willing to accept probably less money. Yeah. Seems like a father figure almost to some of these young kids. So uh, I like Brendan Smith personally. Some people hate him. Uh, Coach, I think, I think you're kind of the same as me, right? You're, you're in the same. uh, You like him? He's your sixth, seventh defenseman. If he wants to sign next year on a one year, you know, $1 million deal with some bonus incentives where he's your sixth, seventh defenseman, and you know, you maybe you could pair him on your third pair with with uh, a Bat Joe or uh, I keep saying Matt Jones, excuse me, Zach Jones. Matt Jones is a kid I know. Um, um, Zach Jones, um, or you know, whether whether Lundquist comes over next year, like if he's your six, seven, and I think he understands that. And that's the biggest point. He knows his role. He'd still be, he'd be a leader on the team if he played 15 games or 82 games. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So 
Uh, that's why I said we weren't. It wasn't a big deal to me that they didn't uh, resign him or sorry, trade him at the deadline. They want to bring him back on a one-year deal, one million, uh, maybe you know, two-year deal, you know, nine hundred k kind of thing. I'm fine with it. I got no problem with it. He's he is a bad. He, he's he's definitely uh, come full circle since he got that you know got waived a few years ago, and, and I'm happy for him. And he does seem like a genuinely good dude. Uh, and I think uh, there's nothing wrong with having a guy like that around. So, yep, uh, 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 I don't even think that's that hot of a take. I think that's just kind of a logical take more than anything else. Yeah, it is. Logical logical take city. I, I agree with that. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Richard 93 says, despite a pretty deep prospect pool, the Rangers will get a veteran left-handed defenseman to play in the third pair next season, either via trade or free agency. Well, uh, is Chara a free agent? They could always reach out. <laughs> apparently, apparently, they tried to get him. Really? Before this last season? Yeah, I know. Well, like this past season, I mean, they tried to get him way back when, when they, when he's a free agent too. Yeah. Ty, Ty right for Lucy Boggs. Um, yeah, look, I, I think, um, the Rangers once again, have a lot of cap space. I think there's some very interesting options out there. Um, like I think the Rangers could potentially start the season next year. Like just like resigning Smith. I know John Merrill's out there. I think he's, it could be a good pickup. We remember him from his time at the devils. He's been a very, productive third pairing defenseman pretty much his entire career. He went, he was on that Vegas team that went to the cup a few years ago. Um, and look at, you know, if the Rangers really wanted to flirt with it and see what the hell happens, like I can see them starting next season. They get off to a good start. They're like, Hey, we got to solidify this. Look, I'm just throwing this down to the universe. And I saw once again, hockey stat might throw this out, you know, Matthias Ekholm in Nashville is a guy he's got one year left. Like if the Rangers, if next year was a year, the Rangers said, Hey, we're fucking in this thing. Let's go. It's just, you know, it's January 22nd. We are, you know, in second in the East. We're making a push. We really want to solidify it. Why the hell not? What, that next year's the time you can start doing rentals. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of options. Uh, once again, the Rangers have the cap space. Um, you know, I think they could t- take advantage of a team. Nashville is one of them who have too many defensemen, or Minnesota is another one who have too many defensemen come up for the expansion draft, uh, and they can't protect them all. They don't want to risk losing them for nothing, basically. There's options. There's options. It's a good call by Tyler. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot. You know, once again, I think they're going to have a chance to do something. Uh, you know, whether it's expansion draft related or even into next season, they could solidify that spot. Ekholm's a good player, and uh, even fucking Gostaspier. Let's see what happens with him. Right? <laughs> they should have claimed them. But... I know. I I would have. And next year is going to have one year left at four point five. That's what it is. I, I take him. Why not? He can run this. You know, be on the power play. Limited minutes on the third pair. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that either. So uh, once again, option rescue him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. All right. At Paulie nuts. I am incredibly disappointed in Kako and trying to stay positive on laugh as well. But I fear that they both aren't what they thought. Well, Paul, let's jump back from the ledge. Just, just a bit. Um, Listen, I can understand being a little worried about maybe Kako's confidence. The points aren't there to me. Laugh has more confidence than Kako almost at times mm-hmm. where he kind of, it's just the way you carry yourself where Kako's hardly ever barking at a referee or anything where you're already kind of seeing Lafreniere step up um, more and, and speak for himself. And he hasn't really gotten pushed around or anything. So I, I'm not too worried, man. I, I think Kako's pretty much exactly what you're, you're saying. The, the evaluation that you have, um, you know, he's going to be this creative guy who's a, a pretty much a monster along the boards, almost Nash, like along the boards carries the puck. Well, I mean, He's doing so many, so many little things well. Same with Lafreniere, who, who is a little more invisible. Well, I guess on a game-to-game basis, it depends on who he's playing with. But nonetheless, Kako, I, 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 you know, he's doing good stuff. So how could you complain? Yeah, I don't look. I, I get it. I mean, 
you get a second overall pick, you get a first overall pick expectations. You just got to know what you're you know, going into. I thought Kako was uh, pretty awful last year. Like he was not good. Probably should have been in the AHL. Um, but I guess they had, you know, they could afford to, to kind of have him there. He isn't good this year. And I keep saying like, I don't think he's going to be this, you know, 90 point scorer, but I really said, I keep saying Rick Nash, like that's who he reminds me of defensively. He's been better. Um, he's great on the boards. He's a strong skater. He's not as fast as Nash was in his prime. We'll see if he can get there. He's, you know, in year two, there's been progress this year. His actual points, his analytics have been immeasurably better. Like, like he was one of the worst players in the NHL last year. That's how bad he was. Would you say um, this year? Because I, I, yeah, like he, his, he was minus like twenty something, and and yeah, all the analytics were saying that that he stunk it up. Would you say that he was game costing? Last last year, if you're going to base it off player eval stuff, he was like a sub replacement level player. So when you do like you see those charts, basically it's chart, zero yeah. is the replace the bar chart. So like last year, he was substantially negative. This year, he's positive. And so offensively, is good. His defensive game is about net negative, so about zero. Uh, that's where you want it to be for a guy like him. Once again, I can see him becoming this you know perfect second line 65, 60, 65 point guy. Um, could turn into a decent defensive player. He's going to be able to create, and you need some depth. Lop on the air. He's eighteen, like or turning nineteen. Nineteen, like he's a kid, man. Like just everyone, just relax. You got to give some guys some time here. No, I'm sorry, he's not Connor McDavid. I don't know what your expectations were, but there's only one person kind of named Connor McDavid in the world. Okay, there's only one Sidney Crosby. Like these guys are generational. Now that these guys are generational. I think they're both, I think Loft probably has a bit more offensive upside, like in skill and all that stuff down the line and playmaking ability, but we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, and look, if you want to think long-term positivity, they haven't been as great in their ECLs. Kako going into his third year next year, maybe that next contract's a little cheaper than maybe we would have anticipated. So uh, it's, you know, big picture. It's okay. <laughs> take Come off the ledge, Polly. You're good. Yeah, we'll be okay. We got plenty to look forward to. Um, all right, Jake Oliver says, second line center isn't a problem. Ryan Strom is actually good. The Rangers should use their cap space this offseason to fortify their fourth line and find a left D to play with Lundqvist next season. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Strom, it's it's uh, this love-hate relationship Ranger fans have, and I think I like <laughs> Ryan Strom again. I don't I don't know. I, I agree with this take. Um, look, I, the role he's in, it's a lot. And he's, he's one of the veterans on this team. Uh, ultimately, if this team's going to succeed, they need more depth at center. But if Strom is your two, three center, that might be a successful team. Who knows? Yeah. Look, I am. I've had my love hate with him. Um, I was at a game a couple years ago, I guess it was last year, actually, like 1920 season, made an atrocious like change and the Rangers lost late to Columbus. And like, I was so angry. He's gotten better at the Shea goal where he, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was there too. We have a weird coincidence of being in a lot of games. We weren't there together. Um, yeah, look, I, I I don't know. He's a look, he proved me wrong, man. He's been really freaking good. I give him credit. Offensively is good. He's gotten better defensively. He's clearly a leader on this team. Um, yeah, I, I look, he, he's good. He's been good. I'll take the L on that. I was, I wanted to get rid of him before this past season. They, and look, there's some arguments to be made here. Like what's your, your, you know, what are they going to do this off season? Do they make a push or an Eichel or, or, you know, someone of that nature? Do they not? Um, 
you know, did they go forward Ryan Strom? They apparently tried to trade him last offseason. No one really bit. They didn't have it. He's having an even better season this year. You know, do you sell high? That's the biggest thing here. Is Ryan Strom going to be better than what he is right now? Probably not, but he's been good. But he's been good. So how long is he going to be good? So, you know, he's got one year left in this contract. You reward him with a three or four year deal that you're flirting. What do you do with Mika's contract? The thing is, Strom and Mika both up next year after next year. So I'm not sure you keep both. Do you keep one and say, okay, we're just going to, like you said, do you solidify the center depth and just, you know, does Hedo take the jump? Do you get like a good fourth line center? Like, you know, like we talked about Dominic Orbos back in the day, something along those natures, like a veteran guy. I don't know. But Strong's been good. He's been good. I I I take the 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 L on that. I, I ditched about him a lot. I think he's gotten better. He's still a little mind numbing as a player sometimes. But um, I, I don't I don't have a problem with this take. Uh, solidify the fourth line. Yeah, will Lundqvist be in the NHL next year? You might give him some time. Look, they had you know what the, the affordability they've given themselves with this defensive depth. They could put him in the AHL next year. And I don't have a problem with Lundqvist starting. You know, Ryan McDonough, you know, that's a 10-11 season. He finally got called up, but his first 40 games he played in the minors where he was playing first-line minutes. He was on the power play. Like, I don't mind that for Lundqvist either next year just to kind of acclimate him. But, uh, yeah, as far as Ryan Strom, right, guys, right now, I'm not, the, you know, hot takes. I don't know. These, these all seem like pretty logical takes right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially um, these are from a couple weeks ago, so maybe maybe at the time. Eh, still, though. Still, they hold up. But still, Strom's been good. Yes, he, he has been very good. Uh, quick question. If you can give me a condensed answer on this, just cause uh, I'm thinking about it now. Um, what would be your evaluation of Hedl and what he could potentially be for the team? Oh man. I, I really like Philip Hedl. Like I really like him. He's got like all the tools. Uh, I don't know if his hockey IQ is where we want it to be. Cause he's got size, he's got speed. You see his hands sometimes. Oh, that's the thing too, with the next few weeks here, I'd like to see Hedl's ice time maybe more than anybody, uh, I, Lafreniere, Kako, okay, I get it. I think Hedl's the guy I want to see at the ice time. I want to see Hedl. I want to see what Hedl could do if he plays 18 minutes a night. You know what I mean? That's where we need to figure out what he is. Is he your second line center? Is, you know, does he have that peak? If, if you if you kept Mika or, or, or and, and, and had him be your one and, can, you know, Strom slide your third, um, I, I like Hedl a lot. He has all the tools, needs to put it together. He's been a bit inconsistent this season. He definitely has the ability to kind of, one game you're like, did 72 play tonight? And then you see him the next night where it's like 72 might have been the best player on the ice. I Heedle's the guy more than Law for Cock that I, uh, Kako that I want to see uh, get more ice time because I think he's uh, he's a he he's a huge tool in what the next jump is and your evaluation on him. Do they trust him to be a top six center or is he going to be a depth piece or maybe be moved in a trade? So a lot I like him. He's got to put it together on a consistent basis. So to me, you need to get him 16, 17 minutes of ice time for the next 10 games. Let's see what he can do. That's really what it comes down to. Especially since he's been around the longest of all of them. And, and now, yeah, yeah. Three, what, season four? This is full, like first, like full, full, full season in the NHL, if you will. Uh, but he's been flirting around for three, four years. You know, he's, uh, it's time to make the jump and, and we got to see what he is. I like his ability. I like everything he does. Uh, I think he's such a good hockey player when he's on his game. But, you know, consistency, the, the good players do it once in a while. The greats do it all the time. That's right. But, you know, hot takes there. I thought they were a little more logical. That's okay, Ranger fans. I like when you're logical here. We'll jump into our final two segments. We usually finish off here. Random Ranger of the Week. Jake and I randomly pick a Ranger player to uh, who has played in the past here, who has played in under 100 games as a blue shirt. Uh, I'll lead us away here. This is a guy 
Okay. Acquired at the uh, 2007 trade deadline. They acquired him a trade. Played 18 games for the Rangers. That's it. Finished up that, uh, sorry, 08 draft, uh, trade deadline, excuse me, from the St. Louis Blues just for a fourth-round pick, um, which was later traded back to the Rangers, who eventually selected Dale Weiss, oddly enough. This guy, I honestly have so little memory of him because he played for so little, but he actually had a good little points here. Eight points in 18 games. Uh, defenseman on the blue line, number 55, Christian Backman. Do you remember Christian Backman? Christian Backman. Oh, my God. I got to pull up a picture of him because I, I think oh, I'm trying to yeah. pick his face right now. 07, 08, Swedish guy. It was a first-round pick, had a nice career in the NHL, and then he left at age 28 yeah. um, and, and and just went back to uh, to Sweden. His underlying numbers, I mean, they were kind of early on in those days, were actually like were pretty good. Um, and I just think it was probably a guy who's a little before his time as like a like an Anton Strollman kind of guy, but uh, went on and played in uh, back in Sweden up until a couple of years ago. So Christian Backman, 18 games as a Ranger, and then he played in the playoffs, obviously. Uh, and that was seven Oh eight year where they beat the devils and they lost to the penguins. Um, yeah. A guy who like, I'll go back and watch highlights and I'm like, Oh my God, I, for- I like truly don't remember him, but uh, Hey, there it is. That's why he's a random ranger. Exactly. And it looks like he was teammates with Henrik Lundqvist and Nick Lidstrom on Frolunda HD. Isn't that interesting? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad uh, duo right there. That's uh, you know, to, to be paired up with. So <laughs> it's not too bad. So my guy is, well, okay, I'll, I'll, let's start with the draft. So we have a 2007 round five, a.k.a. 135 overall, selected okay. by the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh. Um, he's, he's still only 32. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, he's currently the captain of the Providence Bruins in the AHL. Oh, I have I'm no idea. I'm talking about number 28, Paul Carey. Paul Carey! Oh, scored the winner classic, Paul Carey. Yeah, Paul Carey, oh seven goals, seven assists in 60 games for the Rangers in 17-18. Paul Carey, man, he played a lot. 60 games? <laughs> I don't know. The guy's a career AHLer, basically, and then the Rangers give him a shot that year. I was just going to say that team, hot garbage. Hot oh, yeah. garbage. Like, Terrible. All the ta- there's so much talent. Uh, not like later, not the, um, oh my God. Hold on. Let me pull up that lineup. <laughs> oh god oh god i don't i don't i like i'm gonna get to get like ptsd flash i know I, I don't want to see it but by in 17 18 right they still got nash or at least by the winter classic who's i mean they still yeah. got zuccarello like they still got yeah teams. so it's even funnier that like carrie was a guy in that lineup and like like i said he's he's had a pretty good like ahl career it just shows how hard it is to to kind of be a staple in the lineup but yeah i mean yeah he's only 32 you know went to boston college I mean, look, this is a hell of a great. He played in 426 AHL games, has uh, 293 total points for uh, points per game average of 0.69. Nice. Um, but he's had a good career. So good for him if he's just kind of, you know, muscling it out. He has played 100 NHL games total. So uh, obviously 60 of them with the Rangers. Rangers legend Paul Carey. Rangers legend Paul Carey. I have that lineup in April oh, God. 2018. Let's just, let's just read them. Uh, oh, God. Uh, KZC. Uh, Criders, Ibanejad, Philip Fiedel. Not bad there, you know, okay, whatever. We have Leas Anderson, Jimmy Vesey, and Matt Zuccarello on the second line. The third line is Kevin Hayes, Ryan Spooner, and Rangers legend Stephen Fogarty. <laughs> Fourth line is Vlad Domestikov, Pavel Buchnevich. Thanks, AV. Appreciate that. You did plenty for Butch. Uh, and Matt Molesky. And then this, the deep oh, end. Matt Molesky. Stahl Pionk. Shea, oh. Rule, Gilmore, O'Gara. That blue line is a 
Oh my gosh. Abysmal. Look how far we've come, folks. Look and how poor, far we've come. Poor Henrik Lundqvist in net for that. Oh game. gosh. Ugh. That's a nightmare right anyway, there. But Paul Carey and Christian Backman. Two good ones. Two good ones this week. I, you know, I, I like it. Yeah, Paul Carey, you kind of just forget because that team is so forgetful. You forgot that he played 60 games and scored in the winter classic here. Uh, our most- angle on TV. Yeah, I was there for that. And I like, it was, uh, I remember, I, I see the, I've seen the highlight now. It's at that kind of weird angle. Yeah, they scored this too early. And I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, can we just blow this game out? And I could just, you know, continue to drink my, uh, my Jack Daniels that I snuck in so I can get warm. Uh, of course, they have to go to overtime there at kind of the, the end of that little run. So that season got miserable after that, after that game. So, uh, all right, here, we'll finish up here, folks. Just spin a bit of a hit the favorite, uh, least favorite, you know, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. I think we got one this week, Jake, that's gonna could stir up some feathers here, depending on our answers. We got Rangers jerseys all time. So Jake's wearing, uh, I think, a beautiful one. Uh, it's not on my list, but I th- certainly thought about it. I do like that one. Rangers jerseys. Now, obviously, the Rangers have had their classic, uh, you know, kind of diagonal striping for a long time. But there's been some other variations of that and different jerseys. Uh, shout out uh, NHLuniforms.com if you're ever on that. If you ever just want to go and check out different kind of variations of the jerseys here. Um, overrated, underrated. Favorite, least favorite. Um, overrated. Jake, would you like to start? Sure. Overrated. You know, I actually almost went these because I was trying to think of just an answer. Not that I don't like them. I actually really like these, but I, I needed a reason. And I have a reason for my actual answer. So I'm going to okay. go overrated stadium series jerseys. Uh, I, I like them, they're, but they're gimmicky. I get that it's kind of like Yankee stuff. Um, but if you look at the Wolfpack jersey, it's I like the same Wolf, thing. It's the same thing, and the Wolfpack jersey is nicer. So yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I like the kind of chrome patch on the side. You know, there's some some cool things about it, but not enough red, white, and blue for a Rangers jersey, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, it's a good pick there. Um, you know, those stadiums. They said they're a little bit different. I get it, but like you said they're just like very Wolfpacky. And like I said, I, I like the Wolfpack jerseys. Like I think they have a good little like. Yeah, they should. They could have done a better job with it. Um, I think that's you know I think that's pretty pretty accurate um you know for for what it is um overrated jersey for me this one i went back and forth with a little bit uh i was trying to think i would come up with a hot take but the rangers blues and whites are obviously just so so beautiful i, I didn't i was i thought i thought about trying to throw out just one of the basic ones and see if i could just piss a bunch of people off uh but i was like i can't like actually like say that to myself um i i'd say o- overrated though um this is this is like a little bit like nitpicky um, you said you talk about the stadium series. I think they could have could have gone with that, um, but overrated actually the um, the ninety three like ninety four Rangers. When you look at their jerseys, those blue jerseys from the nineties where they kind of changed up. Um, so from ninety to ninety six, they kind of changed up. Like there was no lacing, and they had like the the collar. I don't know. They're like almost like a darker blue than the Rangers usual Royal blue. And the striping patterns is different. I'm just not a fan of them. And maybe that's because I didn't truly grow up with them, but you know, obviously there's some nostalgia with that team and the white jerseys are pretty much been the exact same, but those blue jerseys from the, that 90 era uh, before they kind of went back to the more traditional, like it's a bit of a darker blue. Uh, I, I don't love them. I don't love them. I do have a leech one from back then that I bought off eBay and I don't love it. It's just like a weird color. It's like a, 
it's a weird darker blue and the striping's different. Um, and I know a lot of people love them because that's like the 94 blue jerseys, but I don't know. I don't think they, they sit as well as like the, the blues from, you know, before or after or now kind of thing. So uh, I know it's a, it's a special era of Ranger hockey, but I don't love those blues. Was that, were those the blues that said New York or no, that's a little, no, that was right before it. And I thought of flirted with those too. Cause I don't think those looked great. Um, yeah, pretty much like the 90 to 96, um, blue jerseys, uh, which according to NHL uniforms, uh, it, uh, it's just like a little, a little bit of a variation, uh, we'll, we'll be sure we could tweet out the, uh, the link and, and throw a visual up there for you, but that's my overrated simply because the error is great, but I don't like the Jersey jump in here then to, to underrated. Um, and they said, like, once again, options here galore underrated Jake, who you got for underrated underrated. Well, honorable mention, I'm going to say heritage jerseys. I love the heritage jerseys. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind if they were still around. I get they moved on, but I do really like them. Uh, that's an honorable mention though. Underrated is going to sound weird, but underrated in a sense, are the white jerseys like the away jersey? The current. You know what? That's a good pick. That's a good pick. They are I so beautiful, those, man. I I love them, and you know, I think that slight change a couple years ago, where they were doing. I think the bottom. I'm trying to see you here. Yeah, the bottom. They they didn't have. I think as long of the uh, the striping you were talking about on mm-hmm. the bottom, and then when they switched back to having it like blue and then a white stripe and then red and then a white stripe. You know what I mean? You know how the bottom of the home, it's kind of just, um, no, they like, you can see it from the Adidas jerseys to the Reebok. It's just like a little thicker. There's a bit of a curve to it. It kind of fills out the Jersey a little bit better. I know exactly what you're saying on the arm too. It's just, yep, on the, the arm. Rangers have some of the best jerseys in the league, uh, traditionally. So they're, they're great, man. I, I love the white jerseys. We've gone through the best of times and the absolute worst of times in those white jerseys. Right? Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. Winning the Stanley cup in 1994, uh, on home ice, which I do think they should flirt with white jerseys at home. Not all the time, but I love I like when they do it once in a while. Yeah, I was sitting next to a woman I had a game years ago, and uh, she's an older woman, probably probably in her early 60s, newer stuff, loved the Rangers. And uh, she was talking to her friend, and I had a conversation with her a little bit. And her friend was asking, you know, that then they used to wear whites at home, and the woman was talking, you know, dark as far as whites. I will say this is the argument I heard, and I kind of agree with it. The dark at home allows, like, the fans to dress like the home team while everyone has a white Jersey. So like, it's, it's not quite as like a home distinguished thing, but I do like, like I have like just memories of like afternoon games at the garden where the Rangers decided to wear a white Jersey. Uh, you know, I think about Callahan's four four goal game against the flyers in 2011. Like they wore white then. So I like it once in a while too. That's a good pick. It, it's it, you, you take it for granted because those whites are gorgeous. Yeah. They should do it just once a year. Like I know that it's maybe it is that maybe it isn't. I don't know. I guess it just depends on whatever the other team's doing, but I, I fucking, I'd love those. I love those whites at home. Uh, I'm with you too there. Uh, underrated here. Like I said, a lot of options. Look, this is going to be, uh, this isn't my pick, but like hot take, like those, uh, like Phil Esposito, like with the, the Ranger, like logo straight in the middle. Um, I kind of like them. I know they're like revered and hated, but like those whites or blues, like a, a, a new version of those would kind of be kind of cool. If people know what I'm talking about. Just the Ranger emblem right here. They changed up the jerseys completely. Uh, I don't think they're terrible. Um, like I know they got ripped a lot. My underrated is the 2018 Winter Classic. I love those jerseys. And I, I like I said, I, I, I like those Winter Classic jerseys you're wearing too. Those were great at the time. But those those 2018 ones, I thought they nailed. Like could have been could have been my favorite jersey they've ever did. Uh, it's a good jersey. Um, just like the, the kind of the white logo of the white Rangers. It just looks good. It's clean. It's classic in that sense. Uh, I, I like them a lot. So my uh, underrated is 2018. I wish, 
I, I wish they would, you know, still bring these jerseys back once in a while. Like the reverse retro, like those ones. I understand the one like you're wearing now that those are Reebok edge jerseys. So maybe they don't have like the official rights to them or something, but the reverse retros when they already switched uh, to Adidas or sorry, not the reverse retro, the, the, the 2018 classics, that was already Adidas. I wish they would wear those once in a while. I don't see why they don't. Yeah. They kind of hinted too, that the reverse retros are going away, I guess. I don't know. They, they said uh, they, maybe it was just for the season, but Rangers kind of had a, a tweet that was like, you know, you treat it as well, lady Liberty or whatever. Uh, so it'd be interesting, but I agree. I think those 2018 winter classic jerseys are awesome. And I've been looking for one. I've been looking for a cheap one. I don't care if Shat and Kirk's on the back. I, <laughs> I have a Zuccarello I, one. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't seem to find any too many nowadays. Cause I, I didn't hop on the bandwagon at the time. I, I want it now. This is like this. Like I bought this way after winter classic jersey. Yeah, of course I do that all the time with eBay and stuff. Uh, all right. To, to finish up here. So we'd like to finish on a positive note. So we'll go to favorite least, we'll go to least favorite Ranger jersey of all time. We'll see if we can ruffle some feathers here. Jake, least favorite Ranger jersey of all time. All right. Hopefully, I don't ruffle too many people's feathers, I think, with this pick, uh, only because it's from 1946, 1947 <laughs> season. It's, it's, oh, kind of, these are, these are terrible. Yeah. yeah these are, I'm looking at it right now. These are not good. Unrecognizable oh kind of Ranger logo. I mean, it's similar, you know, same pants, same striping, but it's just, uh, it's almost like a basketball kind of uh, yeah. small lettering and small numbers on the front, uh, red, red number on the back. It is so funny when you look at it um, in retrospect, how much they've just gone back to the original and then kind of shot yeah. away and then went back to the original. Back to, yeah. So I wonder yeah, if it's so- going to be a, a big change again, you know, if they're ever going to, they, they shouldn't because the tradition is people love, but it's like Rangers are kind of almost like this mesh jersey they have, like the shirt I'm wearing kind of like diet, like in a curve on the front. And they actually had the number on the front. They're awful. They only went for them for one season. Um, and, and, and they didn't do it for a while. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, a football, a basketball jersey, like the numbers on the front. It just doesn't seem to work for a hockey jersey. That's a good pick, actually. A bit of a, a throwback. Like I said, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are around for that. I, I can't imagine many here. Um, I'll go with my least favorite here. Uh, maybe this is a bit of a hot take. I don't know. I don't like the reverse retro jerseys this year. I thought they were a big letdown compared to the original Liberty jerseys. Uh, and I love the white Liberty jerseys too. I wish they, honestly, I wish they made the reverse retros white. I think it would have been cooler. Uh, Cause that would have been super niche. Um, yeah. It's just like, we talked about it. It's almost as if they just kind of forgot to finish the Jersey. That's how I feel. You just want the red sleeves. Damn it. That's all. I just, yeah, that's all I want. Like you look at the old Liberty Jersey and I, I have a Liberty, I have a Yager Liberty Jersey. Like yeah, give me those red sleeves, a little bit more silver, um, like they could have done some trim on the bottom if they wanted to. I, I don't know. It just, it just didn't do it for me. Like I, I was so excited with the Liberty jerseys come back because it's an era that I really like remember. Well, that's when I grew up loving the Rangers and falling in love with them. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't like them. They totally adjusted them. Um, oh, they adjusted the lettering like with the coloring because you could not read the letters that first game they wore. And they're not going to sell those. So they're not going to resell anything. It's just so funny that, you know, if you splurge and then they just don't know how it looks on TV. Good. Good, uh, good on you guys. I don't know who approved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Come on, come on. Marketing PR. I'm not sure who's in charge of that, but we'll finish with a positive note. A lot of jerseys to choose from Jake. What is your favorite Ranger Jersey of all time? I'm going to be boring. I got to just go with the home one because it's just the oldest, Hard, the most yeah. traditional. Um, I think the, the shadowing is, is awesome. Uh, I think they're the nicest jerseys. I, I, I like other jerseys around the league, but there's something about the numbering um, that just 
I love. I think it just pops the most. Uh, I, I actually don't really like jerseys without the shadowing. Uh, you know, the one I'm wearing, though, it's dark enough to where it's, you know, black, dark on white, so whatever. But it makes me think of just any home opener when you finally get to see the the home jerseys and all the lights, yeah. and all the uh, bells and whistles that goes with that stuff. Uh, the home jerseys are great and forever going to have great memories of them. I don't, I don't take it for granted. I love it every single time. That's great. No, you can't go wrong with the blues here. Um, my favorite jerseys uh, the Rangers have ever worn have, have already been mentioned. So I tried to keep my poker face on before uh, the heritage jerseys. Uh, those are my favorite jerseys they have ever worn. I love the darker blue. I love the New York across it. Uh, I wish they would bring those back. Uh, I had a heritage. I have two. I have a Lundquist one from back then. And I had a Broussard one too. I love Broussard. So um, I, those are my favorite jerseys they've ever worn. And you know, that's not to, like you said, I think you did a good job mentioning with like the, uh, the home and the, the away. Those are beautiful, but I don't know. Just something about those heritage jerseys, man. They just like, they, they ate them. They absolutely. And I love the, like the cream collaring on them and the cream, like it's like the more of the cream, which you're wearing, like kind of on your Jersey. Now it's not a classic white that they established in 1926 on there. They had like the retired jerseys underneath. I just thought they were money. I, I, I think they should absolutely bring those back. That should be the permanent alternate in my book. Uh, I, I like those. I, I like those even better. I like a hundred times better than the original Liberty. So those are the, to me, those are the most simultaneously classic, but also new uh, version of their jerseys. That's those are my favorites. I love those jerseys. I wish they would bring them back. I agree. wish they would. They must. They must have just taken them away to just signal in this new era of, of race. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. I think it's got to be something. And it, like I said, once again, those were Reebok jerseys. Adidas takes over. So you got to wonder if there's copyrights uh, there. But I don't know. The Rangers have like you know the same jersey forever. You'd like to think the Rangers have those rights. So I, who knows? Contracts are messy. So, like I said, April 22nd, the Rangers play the Flyers tonight. Let's see uh, if the Flyers are still a mess. I'm sure they are. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, episode six? Six. six. Episode six. six in the episode six here. in the book. So, so, thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.